welcome to episode 10 of Murder We Write. I'm your host, Carol Goodman Kaufman. On this podcast, I talk with crime writers whose short stories and novels run the gamut from cozies to domestic thrillers. We'll learn from them about their craft, their process, and the business of writing. My guest today is author and friend and mentor Sharon Healy Yang, the author of the Jessica Minton mystery series. Sharon is passionate about mysteries from the Golden Age, whether in a book or on the screen. Her fascination with mysteries and the history of the 1940s drives her pleasure in crafting novels that recapture the wit, the adventure, and the suspense of the era. So welcome to Murder Rewrite, Sharon. I'm so glad you could join me today. Let's jump right in. Now, since this podcast is audio, our listeners can't see you in one of your typical fabulous outfits. From your hats to your seamed stockings, you are obviously a big fan of the 1940s. In fact, you were known on campus at Worcester State University, where you taught for many years as the lady with the 1940s hats. Does dressing and clothing of the era help you in your writing? Does it put you in that era? Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for having me on your program. Um, I think it's, it's a wonderful opportunity, and I've heard really great things about it. So your question about my um, haute couture from the 1940s, uh, how does it influence me? Well, I mean, part of it is I just like the style. I like the look. The clothes are very flattering to women. Um, they're very comfortable, especially nowadays we don't have to wear girdles. That makes it much easier. Um, so part of it is I just like the look, and um, it, it's kind of a nice style. That I guess it does kind of put me in the mood. I, I don't actually dress up like a 40s gal when I'm writing. I comfy jeans, something like that. But um, just it's sort of, I don't know, just creating my own character in a way. I guess my life is 1940s cosplay sometimes. Um, there, there's a lot about the time period I really like. You know, I love the clothes. I love the music, the movies. I like horse racing in that era, the dancing. Um, so I like getting in the mood, if you will. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not aware of other problems of the area. So I'm not really down with, say, the racism the anti-Semitism, the World War II, uh, you're afraid your families aren't going to come back, and the limits of women of the time. But I, I like, there are certain aspects, so that I will embrace. That is what I like. So Sharon, when you first started writing mysteries, what came first? The time period, the character Jessica Minton, or the idea for a crime to solve? And regarding the crime... Do you rip your ideas from the headlines, as they say? And if you do, are the headlines from then or from now? Good question, Carol. Well, what came first? Uh, the character, the time period, the crime to solve? Actually, I can kind of answer them all in at once. Uh, I'm a very, very visual writer. Um, so what happened is um, I'm an old movie buff, and I you know, love watching old movies. I collect images and stills. I have specific actors and actresses that I like. And one of my favorites is Joan Bennett. She's um, usually plays this kind of smart talking gal you see at the time, you know, very warm, but won't take any guff from anybody. So I collect a lot of images and stills. Uh, but when I look at the images, 
my mind is too active. I can't just look. So I end up creating a story that goes with the image. And the stories, um, the uh, little vignettes I create, I gradually draw together till I create uh, a whole story, a whole mystery around uh, those characters, uh, what I see in the image. Uh, so I guess you would definitely call me a plotter as opposed to a pantser. Um, as far as the crimes, uh, well, at the time, films at that time, very much influenced by the films I see, uh, often focused on Nazi fifth columnists, threats to our country, espionage. So I found, especially in the first one, I was influenced by espionage plots that were, were in film and actually that I read about at the time. Um, that took place at the time. I didn't read back then. Uh, and so the first book, Bait and Switch, really connects with um, uh, the fear of Nazi fifth columnists. Comes out, a lot of it is influenced by a film called um, All Through the Night. And um, a lot of humor, a lot of suspense. The second one is more, uh, Letter from a Dead Man is more straightforward noir. So I'm very much influenced by the murder and um, stolen jewels and secret identities in Murder, My Sweet. And the third one, um, Always Play the Dark Horse. Uh, I noticed, I was very intrigued by films that came out in the late 40s that emphasized a fear of a Nazi resurgence, like Cornered. The Stranger, Berlin Express. So I wove that into the story that I wrote, uh, taking place on a women's campus in 1946, where we have a professor murdered and um, other people on the campus uh, getting into all kinds of shenanigans and Jessica's husband having a secret that he can't, that he's keeping from her. So I see them all kind of coming together, uh, character, headlines, crime, they all kind of come out of a similar situation. Well, you're definitely a visual person. Do you also collect photographs of people to inspire your character descriptions? Definitely. Um, not only photographs, but perhaps looking at the actors and actresses in films uh, inspires, you know, how I would uh, describe a particular character. Um, you know, I, I pictured, as I mentioned, Jessica as Joan Bennett and her sister. I was thinking, who else could be a smart-talking gal? Well, Rosalind Russell. Um, their clothing, uh, their characters um, also helped me. Uh, I, I used them perhaps to help me cast characters. When I was looking for a femme fatale, I turned to Claire Trevor, who was one of the film noir queen of femme fatales to be uh, Mrs. Wilmington Tewksbury, a woman from the wrong side of the tracks who suddenly, who married into money and is uh, helping to frame Liz's, uh, Jessica's sister's, Liz's friend for a murder. So yeah, um, they, the characters uh, that I see are inspired by characters played on film. For example, I was looking for kind of a a uh, hard-bitten detective in um, Letter from a Dead Man, and the person inspiring in, me in that was Fred McMurray, not the uh, lovable goof of uh, My Three Sons, but the uh, smart, uh, hard, uh, you know, hard-bitten, uh, sarcastic, experienced uh, guy that you saw in, say, Double Indemnity or Border Town or Callaway went that away. So yeah, in some ways, many of my characters, if you're reading them, you can kind of help visualize them from films. 
Although I do have some modern people. Uh, David Duchovny inspired a character uh, in a Letter from a Dead Man. And, um, you know, there are other modern people that uh, may slip in. And as you read them, you know, you may say, hmm, I wonder if I know that person. Sometimes it's kind of uh, an Easter egg. If you know me, you know who the character might be. Yeah, well, speaking of movies, tell me about your movie collection. I was absolutely gobsmacked when I saw your shelves and shelves of videos at your house. Well, I hate to admit it, but I probably have about, I don't know, 4,000 films. (laughs) Uh, I've been buying DVDs. Well, first it was videos and then DVDs since, I don't know, the 1980s. And um, also we would videotape films from Turner Classic Movies and um, American Movie Classics when it was still good. Um, And, um, you know, eventually we converted to uh, DVD and I do have some Blu-rays, but I I still prefer uh, DVD if I can help it. Um, We, you know, have commercial films that, you know, we bought. We also, you know, recorded things, uh, as I said, off TV. And it's kind of fun because the ones that are sort of the homemade, uh, we make we make a cover for. So we have a cast list on the inside of the the jewel case, and then we uh, find a, um, images, uh, posters, or whatever, and we download that, and we make covers of them. So that's fun. Um, I, I love movies, and my husband loves movies, and we just one of the ways we love to relax is. Uh, to watch uh, old movies. We love movies from the 40s, the uh, 30s, somewhat from the 50s. We really love mysteries. Um, we love some of the serials, which, you know, have a sense of humor, or I should say series, like The Lone Wolf or Charlie Chan or, or uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, or um, The Whistler or, um, oh, I can't think of his name. Um, you know, the really, really good uh, Boston Blackie. Uh, we love, you know, comedies. Uh, we love also, you know, more modern stuff. I like science fiction. I like fantasy. I, you know, to some extent I like romance and comedy. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just are movie people. We love to watch them. I even have, um, movie night with some of my friends, some of my girlfriends from when I was teaching at Worcester State. Um, we have, I make tea and some really, something really delicious like scones or bannocks or apple pie and then we um, watch a movie so the last one we did was um, heaven knows mr allison and everyone was very happy when robert mitchum took off his shirt uh that said you know we we also love the quality it's not just beefcake but um again that inspires my writing And um, it's just fun to watch them. It's fun to go into another world. It's fun to enjoy the creativity. So, yes, um, we love old movies. We love to watch them. And, uh, in fact, what's kind of interesting is we even have a big screen we project them onto. Uh Aha. And here I was thinking that you were buying popcorn in bulk, but instead you're having crumpets and scones. Now, let's talk about your writing process, Sharon. You've already mentioned that you're a plotter, not a pantser. For those listeners who are not familiar with the term pantser, and I know I've used it before, and I apologize for not having defined it before, it simply means writing by the seat of one's pants. Anyway, do you write every day? 
Do you aim for a certain number of words when you do? Do you have a room of your own? Well, let's see what my writing process. <clears throat> right now, I'm not really working on anything. So well, I'm working on something academic. Um, but uh, right now, I'm waiting to hear back from my um, editor on the draft I gave them. So I, I'm not writing anything uh, fiction right now. But when I am writing, um, the first draft I do is handwritten. And uh, yeah, I would say I usually write about five days a week. Um, what do I, how much do I write? I, I really don't set a word limit, but I, where I have an outline and I have items on the outline, what I will do is try to plan to cover, get to a certain point on that outline. And sometimes I hit it, sometimes I don't. Um, do I have a room of my own? Oh, heck, I have a house of my own. I will write. There's so many rooms in my house that are comfortable for writing. I even, I like to sit out on my porch in the summer or under the tree near the fish pond. Uh, or when I'm in the handwriting stage, I may go to some place like Acoustic Java and sit and write there all day uh, at a table with a nice cup of tea or a uh, cappuccino. But um yeah, so my handwriting part can be almost anywhere, although often I need uh, a place where I can scatter my materials around that, you know, I might have background materials, news stories, images, whatever, that I have to work into the story. Um, so, uh, as I said, it's not so much how many words per day as um, getting to a certain, covering a certain point. And then my second draft, I type what I've written into the computer and I'm revising then. And that's up in my study where the computer is. And usually I have a cat uh, coming up to visit me and make sure that I'm staying on track. So um, and then again, if I'm editing that later, I have a hard copy that could be outside, could be on the porch in the summer, could be by the tree, under the trees. As I said, you know, I do Virginia Woolf one better. I can have a whole house of my own. So Sharon, do you have any particular idols in the mystery genre, and do you try to channel them when writing? Well, Carol, there are some writers that I really love to read, like um, Craig Rice and um, Vera Casperay and Frances Crane and Charlotte Armstrong. Um, I, I really like their use of description. Um, I'm thinking of Dorothy McArdle. Um, how they can really create place. They use language beautifully. Some of them like uh, Charlotte Armstrong and Frances Crane and uh, Craig Rice have a real neat sense of humor, and I enjoy that. I don't know if I'd say I try to channel them. Uh, I, I feel as if what I write comes from me. Um, I also feel as if maybe I have sort of a cinematic view and I'm trying to recreate on the page what is on the screen. So perhaps in a way I'm, I'm channeling uh, films that I've seen. Uh, but I would say I feel like, again, what I write comes out of me. It's what I love. I love uh, the language, to use language descriptively to create a beautiful image in people's mind. And beautiful can be scary too. But I, I tend to really enjoy writers from earlier eras uh, when it wasn't just quite such stark writing and abrupt writing, and it wasn't just what was going to happen next, but where you had uh, depth of character, you had uh, a, a thorough and complete and evocative sense of setting and a beautiful use of language. So I think that 
sums up, you know, the influences on what I write. And plus, I also love Victorian novels. So, you know, Elizabeth Gaskell with her sense of humor and George Eliot and Sarah Orne Jewett, they also kind of influence me in their creation of place and character as well. Well, I can certainly tell that you were an English professor, Sharon, with all the authors that you cite. But I'm glad you said something about writers taking their time. It seems that editors today always want a murder to take place on page one or chapter one, as if this were a television program rather than a, a book. I, I do think um, you, you, you have to get the reader's interest up front in a story. Um, I, I found that uh, a, a lot of readers uh, don't want to wait too long to find out what to find out is there a conflict or what the conflict is. And for the genre, I understand that. I, I don't feel as if you have to make a necessarily a great big splash. I mean, in in my novels, uh, only one of them has a murder that early on. Page three, someone's killed, and then I switch to. Um, other things that are going on um, and building a mystery with with the suspense about what's going on with some of the other characters, uh, trying to just give you little hints to make you wonder who the hell was just murdered here? What? How does that affect the characters? So, um, I mean, I yeah, you can take your time, but you don't want to meander too long, or you're just going to to lose your character, your reader's interest. Um, but. I don't feel as if, you know, everything has to be uh, crash, bang, murder, kill, decapitate, whatever, um, mutilation every step of the way. Um, I, I do think it's important to uh, develop the story and then just throw little bits of info in there to keep people thinking, well, what about that earlier murderer? What about that package that was left with the person? Or what about that? person's um, seeming to recognize another individual that there's no way he or she should have done that. Um, so I, I do like to, I, I might have something early on happening. And I mean, I can see the need to kind of get a reader's interest, but I also feel as if you still have to develop the story and develop the characters. Sharon, thanks so much for joining me today and for sharing with us both your tremendous arsenal of literary and Hollywood background material and your writing life. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please join me next time for episode 11 of Murder We Write. Who will our guests be? That's the mystery. Carol, thank you so much for having me on your program. I enjoyed it immensely. It's always fun for a writer to talk about her writing. I, I hope perhaps I might have piqued the interest of some new readers, and I hope I've given some information and some background that would be interesting and enjoyable for some of uh, Jessica Minton's older fans or earlier fans. I also want to let you folks know that in October, fingers crossed, book four of Jessica, James's, Liz's, and Dusty's new adventure will uh, show up, again, fingers crossed, and that would be Shadows of a Dark Past. And I, in this, I went into, I was influenced by one of my other favorite types of film and type of writing. It's a ghost story. So, so long to everybody and 
keep reading and keep writing. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Short Cast Club.